0: We have got all these little pieces all over the place, but I... I don't know where I'm going. A little help, please. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to
1: another edition of Thunderdome!
0: Lady and or gentlemen, welcome to you. I think, I think we're on episode four of the mosby learning podcast this is the lnd podcast it's i don't know it's it's uh it's strong enough for a man ph balance for a woman uh it, it's all about learning and development all these different pieces i'm dan hurt i am calling into you from rainy mississauga ontario and uh adam who are you
1: hey dan this is adam Costix. i am calling in here from dallas texas that's kind of balmy
0: 90 degrees uh down here in texas Ninety. It's almost toque weather up here in Canada already. Uh, uh that's, that's, that's Yeah, yeah. So word of the day: toque. toque. <laughs> <laughs> beanie. You guys call them beanie knitted caps. Caps. Like a hat. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah. It goes on your head, no brim. It's like knitted. It's wool. You. It keeps you warm. It's a, it's a winter hat. Gotcha. There's no flaps. Uh, occasionally, there's a ball on top. You know, the one with the ball on top.
1: <laughs> and that's called it's a one of
0: this. It's called a toque, yeah. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, cool. you have called in today and, and have learned a new word, toque. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's worth the price of admission already. Uh, so, okay, uh, last time we started down the path of our seven spokes situation, uh, and we're going to talk about one of those other spokes tonight. We're going to talk about software, and you found something that was kind of interesting as it pertains to software in the L&D sphere earlier today, yeah?
1: I did. Um, this is something that everybody's been kind of talking about on LinkedIn uh, recently, and you know, everybody I'm talking our are LinkedIn uh, Learning and Development friends, and there is a new survey that just came out. Um, it is called the Top 200 Tools for Learning 2019, and apparently this survey has been going out for quite some time because this, they say, is the 13th Annual Learning tool Survey. So it is uh, to tell you the address here it's toptoolsforlearning.com Um thought it was pretty interesting and, and there was quite a few comments on here because it talks about the top 200 tools for learning and started looking through some of the comments on LinkedIn and I said wow there's some really good stuff on here but most of the time people said 200 tools. I use three. Um, I was looking at Brandon Carson's LinkedIn. He's like, we use three at Delta. We don't use a tremendous amount of different tools. But I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty interesting to kind of start here of uh, when you're talking about the different tools that we use. And in some of them, I think the first one that everybody thinks about from learning and development is PowerPoint. And rightly so, that was number one. But then it started getting into some interesting things of number two, oh, and number
0: three. No, I got to stop you there. Why am I looking at a list that says PowerPoint's number three?
1: No, PowerPoint's number one. Oh, so good point. Good point. So the top tools for personal and professional learning, YouTube was number oh, one.
0: Oh, that's, that's what these things, okay. Yes, I see what these
1: yes. Are. So it actually does three different categories. It looked at top tools for personal and professional learning, top yeah. tools for workplace learning, and then top tools for higher education. Each one had just a little bit different of a rating.
0: All right. And if you guys want to play along at home, top tools, number four. So top tools for learning.com gets you to this. And this is a list that, like you said, started uh, 13 years ago, compiled by Jane Hart, which I had to look up. Uh, No relation, of course, because they're spelled differently. But um, yeah. okay. so uh, so we got three different lists, uh, professional and personal learning, workplace learning and higher education um, the the stuffier of all the learning spheres, there
1: very academic. Um, I'll say it. So, PowerPoint for workplace learning, you know, our world uh, was number one, and, and that kind of makes sense to me. Um, I think, from a personal perspective, the number one was YouTube. You know, in the workplace, they kind of put that number two and number three were YouTube and Google search. Um I, I found that a little bit interesting when you talk about where do employees get information. And if they're using PowerPoint, that's one, but then they look for YouTube and Google to find information on how to learn. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, so I we I know I know I've heard a couple of people say that with your LMS, you're not competing with other resources within your intranet. I mean you're competing with YouTube and Google. So Although in our LMS at work, we have things if you want to learn how to use Excel. Problem is, there's so many more answers on Google and YouTube, you know? So you, you obviously go to YouTube to learn how to use a macro of some sort. Ah, see, I say this, but not everybody in every organization has access to YouTube. So uh, I know there's a lot of places that still have that locked down for some or all the population. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think YouTube... I get it as a learning platform. I'm actually surprised that it's it's that high on a workplace. The the personal and professional learning, that makes sense. The workplace learning. I'm surprised given how many places probably have that locked down.
1: Yeah. And that, that makes it sense still
0: ranks as high as it does.
1: Yeah. It makes sense that you're saying that, but I, I kinda see it. Um, you know, our our workplace where I work is not locked down and I, I, oh, I Google oh,
0: all the time. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me,
1: Adam. <laughs> So I Google all the time, you know, so it it gets into some interesting things, though, even further down the road. Um, Number four was Word. But what I thought was interesting is Zoom as number seven. And both in education, higher learning, it was number five. And in workplace was number seven. And to me, Zoom has been a new tool uh, in my tool belt and kind of our arsenal that we started using more and more at the office. And it, I found that it's really a sweet spot for those type of interview type of, in, uh, type of webinars and different things. When you have an interview, mm-hmm. I was surprised to see it so high. Um, because it, to me, it's just relatively new on my radar.
0: So, uh, who is the guy that does mortgage coach? Who is it's It's not Adam Savage. Dave Savage. Dave Savage, because Adam Savage is the guy that looks just like Dave Savage, but he's from Mythbusters, right? Correct. Yeah. They look a lot alike. Um, Don't they?
1: they, Yeah, they kind of do. One has a beard, one doesn't, but besides the red
0: beard. I thought they both had beards. Mm -mm. No. All right. Anyhow, uh, yeah, Zoom is a great tool. I've seen it a couple times, uh, but it's strong, man. It it is great. Mm -hmm.
1: And I can tell you, you know, I've had some experience with Zoom and being a participant with Zoom. Um, I had a, the opportunity to go through Air Consulting's leadership effectiveness, and they use Zoom, and they actually used breakouts, and they use breakouts very effectively as a tool. And as a participant, it was it worked very, very well. So I'm definitely encouraged by the seeing Zoom kind of jump up that ratings, and I, it's something that I can definitely see being used quite a bit.
0: I think there's something that uh, should at least be qualified. So uh, the folks that that air, you know, no affiliation, but, of course, Adam's taken their what have you, um, they – uh, I would wager there's also a, a competency with the practitioner. So if the person knows what the hell they're doing, you're gonna have a tool that's very, very useful. You know, uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of things that a lot of other webinar platforms that have breakout possibilities, but you don't see that used there. So I, I wonder if maybe just because Zoom is newer on the scene, it's been used by a couple of people. There's been pickup there. Even though it might have some of the same capabilities as other, you know, other webinar tools out there, like go to you know go to Citrix or Join Me or whatever the heck they are now and uh and some of the other players.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And you know, speaking of GoTo, I don't even see it on the list. I'm scrolling up and down. GoTo is not even not even close on the list.
0: So, okay, and you had brought up Word earlier. I don't know how I feel about Word. So, no, I do know how I feel about Word. I dislike Word <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that it's it's great for making what, like a, a user guide or, or something, but even there, there's a lot of limitations, and, and again, I'm sure if you had somebody that's a real frickin' practitioner that knows their business, they could probably make a beautiful thing with Word, and maybe I just haven't invested enough time, but I find it to be so cumbersome, like it's a word processing document or a machine, and that's it for me, so I don't know how they turn that into a... Uh, a, a top t- well, I guess it's a tool because we're making stuff, but man, I don't know. Not a big one. It be, doesn't excite me. Bill Gates could have tried harder.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, looking at a couple other ones that stuck out to me is we don't even get into e learning software to the 10th place. Um, and again, if we take these surveys for what they are, but as practitioners in learning and development, I would have thought that an e-learning authoring tool would have been a little bit higher up. It may just talk to the state of where e-learning is going. Um, so that was interesting. And that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, I see Excel on there. And then in the other two that kind of jumped up and kind of you know round out the top 20 here is Microsoft Teams and Slack. They are both in the top 10. And Dan, you and I use Slack to communicate back and forth. And I love the tool, yeah. but I don't know if you're sold on it.
0: Uh no, not really. I mean, I don't know if we're the best use case for it. You know, like we're we're two guys that mostly use it as a chat thread. We share some things in there, but uh, I I know it's got mad potential for having quick conversations with a small group of people. Uh, I do think that. If people invest the effort to uh, get into the, uh, the ecosystem. And it's the same thing with teams. It's my understanding. It was Microsoft teams is kind of just Bill's version of Slack, uh, that, you know, you can almost replace email on a lot of those things. And that's one of the things that really frustrates me about email in general. Not only do you have like in inbox fatigue, but it's, it's hard because, you know, you send out one message to six people and then everybody does a reply. And then some people reply back to one reply, and then some people reply back to the other one. So it's really hard to keep track of where these different ideas are. Even if you group it by conversation, you're you're still trying to coordinate all this stuff together, uh, whereas a chat thread like Slack uh, or, or Teams offers you keeps everything in line. So I, I think there's tremendous value in there. I don't know that we've seen it, but I know that uh, we're, we're actually starting to roll teams out at work right now. So I'm hoping to see what that looks like. And, you know, what, uh, so on the, on the training side of things, uh, teams, they have this whole collection of training micro-learning videos so you can get your head around uh, what's going on there. So it's, uh, it's you know, pretty well put together, little uh, page that gives you pretty much anything you need to know to get going on the platform.
1: Interesting. We'll have to check that out yeah. because we are – looking at launching that across some different areas also i don't have much experience with it currently but i know we'll talk about it down the road and then there's just two other ones i kind of wanted to point out in the survey here um one is kahoot uh that is something that we've actually used in classes here to do some some surveys do some little games polling questions it's a great little tool um i was happy to see that um it definitely creates engagement in the class um we've used that have you used that at all dan
0: I think I've used it uh, at, like, some sort of uh, ATD session. Yeah, I I I think I've used it there. I don't think I've used it elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that it's moved up that high in the list. And then I know our favorites here, Camtasia, up to 18. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I thought that Mm -hmm. was interesting also because I think I was talking to somebody recently, actually, in this last week, and was talking about Camtasia, that it's one of the easiest... Programs to start using one of the hardest ones to master, and I thought that was pretty interesting because it is very easy for people to dive in and start being able to use it. Um, and I absolutely love Camtasia; that's um, one of the tools in our tool belt that we use quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it's one that I've certainly gotten pretty good at, and I actually felt pretty pleased with myself the other day. Me and uh, my developer at work, we were sitting in on a webinar. It was a it was a TechSmith webinar, um, and. It was one of their big dogs, you know, that was one of the, one of their, I think he called himself a master trainer. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he was running through stuff, and there was only one thing that he shared. Of course, that's not, you know, the extent of his knowledge, but there was only one thing that he shared that was new to me that I got very excited about, uh, and that was cool. Because I do spend, you know, probably a lot like yourself, well, I don't know, I probably spend more time in Camtasia than you do, just by the nature, uh, you know, the differences of our roles, but... Because uh, I'm not an AVP, not uh, you know. It's very big operate. time. Very big time. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it is. and actually, before so thats we, a, assistant to the vice president—is
1: that what that is? Assistant to the vice president. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, there's not enough presidents around. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, before we move on from software, I just wanted to scroll all the way to the bottom of the list, and and this is hmm. where I actually saw a couple other interesting things when you start looking at. And these are tools I do not have a lot of experience with, but I thought it was interesting that they're jumping on. You look at the 96, 97, AI, AI-powered learning platform with filtered, Docebo, AI-powered LMS. And they started getting some tools like AI learning platforms, EdCast, Chronicle. It's kind of interesting to see what's coming and what's starting to get on the list at those bottom places. Is that the future of where learning is going? Is it not? No, but it's kind of interesting to see. um, I'm going to say no.
0: (laughs) No, it's not.
1: I think that's a whole other subject about AI and where it's useful, but um, I thought it was definitely interesting to go through. And that kind of ties us into, I believe, what we're going to start talking about today is software, and software that's used in some of the tools that creating micro learning and what we've used software for before. And last week we talked a little bit about our micro learning journey. And I know I started off talking about that client buy-in and software kind of leads into what you've been doing because I'm an AVP. So I don't do a lot of the software stuff you did in creating our micro learning journey. And that journey has taken us from no views to really in our organization or your former organization to a viable medium that we deliver training. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the software that you've used and creating micro learning videos. How'd you do it? What did you do? What did it look like to him?
0: Yeah. Speaking of segues, so I started um, probably the uh, most, when we first got started with this Ah, uh, it it was so damn ugly the think the very first proof of concept ones that i created the the microlearning videos that we created were done with powerpoint and snagit another techsmith property there so snagit if you're not familiar and that that's actually uh they keep adding so oh god they give me no money but i tell so many people about techsmith things snagit and camtasia are great tools snagit's a, a really uh it's it's a high powered um not like photoshop but if you want to manipulate screen grabs simply and and pretty smoothly it's it's a it's a great product but i was using uh, I started off using Snagit to do screen captures, which is not what it was built for. It can do it, <laughs> not what it's built for, because uh, the editing functionality, this was what, four years ago now, uh, was not good. But again, not what it's built for, but I was using that to do screen capture, mm-hmm. and then I was using PowerPoint to kind of do like the intro, outro slides for these videos that we were doing. But the actual journey started, uh, the the story that we tell, it started before there, where you had... um uh you had you had come back from a i don't know Colorado or some business mm-hmm. uh some ATD conference a big ATD conference you were fired up on micro the idea of micro and you had bought everybody licenses to sparkle i think was the deal right
1: i did yeah i actually forgot about that part
0: um yeah i did
1: i i, I came back it was the ATD conference back Now, it was four and a half years ago in Denver, Colorado, um, which actually ATD is going to be there again next year, but it was ATD Denver. Um, Simon Sinek was actually the keynote speaker, and I came back all fired up. Sparkle was Mm -hmm. going to be the way that we were going to train everybody with microlearning, and if you remember four Mm -hmm. and a half years ago, too, there was all those hand videos, hand-drawn whiteboard videos, and it was kind of the rage at that time. So we bought everybody licenses to Sparkle.
0: didn't really work out very well, but we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happened. So, okay. So it, it didn't work out well, you know, and because I wasn't part of that particular failure, I'm okay talking about it. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the reasons is, and, and I shouldn't blanket it as a failure, but the, there was more effort put into creating videos that, uh, would they basically died on the vine. They didn't go anywhere because all the other pieces that we kind of learned through our experience that you need, we well, need, actually need to tell people that there's things that are there. You need to give them the breadcrumbs to get there, all these different pieces. But I actually, the original kind of hand scribble videos on the whiteboard, and even without the hand, I liked those videos. The mm-hmm. problem was as soon as some jackass put a photorealistic image of an object on a whiteboard and had like a hand come in and scribble in it, like you can't put a picture, a photorealistic illustration of a building on a whiteboard. Like it's got no business this this is this is for me, this is a suspension of disbelief. Like you can go to a movie like, like Avatar, let's just say you can go to a movie like Avatar and you can believe that there's these creatures that are nine feet tall and they're blue and they're beautiful and blah 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 blah. But I mean they're not gonna be playing Pokemon Go, right? You you can you can believe a certain set of rules, but as soon as you start interjecting other stuff to it, I get so pissed off. And and these uh the white the whiteboard videos, once they start incorporating all these ridiculous ideas, it just smacks of lazy work, you know? Yeah, uh, and the other that. thing is...
1: I think, is it like The Good Dinosaur? Did you ever see that movie? The Disney Pixar movie?
0: Oh, I saw that, that for a minute. Yeah, I one think time. you would have been angry at it the entire time. That was the number <laughs> one
1: criticism, is that they took photorealistic animation in the background and in the front foreground of all the dinosaurs was more of a cartoonish type of animation. And it mm. threw people off, pissed them off. I'm sure you would have been very upset with it,
0: too. You know, I saw it for about five minutes when I had to take my kid to the doctor and it was playing in the in the kids, you know, doctor's room lobby there. And I I felt I was getting sad because it was this cartoon dinosaur being crushed by rocks for this particular scene. I was like, <laughs> what are they showing kids this for? This is terrible. Um yes. Well, you know what though? Okay. So you take a scenario like that and you, you, you stand that up against who framed Roger Rabbit. What's different? Correct. What's different about it? Cause you have cartoons in a real world. Do you wow. not like Roger Rabbit either? I love, I loved Roger Rabbit and I'm okay. saying it worked for Roger Rabbit. It didn't work for the good dinosaur. And you know why? Okay. Here, I think here's why. Because in who framed Roger Rabbit, they set up a universe where there are tunes that interact with humans that's part of the universe and although i haven't seen the good dinosaur uh, i i have a feeling they didn't set something like that up (laughs) no they did not no, see there you go. See so you have to have you ha- there has to be an expectation of the viewer of the learner that here is the universe I'm within. And I'm a bit of a freaking zealot for that when I'm creating my stuff. Like right now we're trying to do a gamified piece that um is is supposed to kind of like simulate. Now it's done through, you know, it's it's an e-learning, but mm-hmm. it's done in the the it's it's almost like a board game. And I keep coming back to this question as me and me and my developer are pinging ideas back and forth. I'm like, "Well, hang on. So how does that look in a physical world? Like, is this, is this something that we can take out of a box and make it replicate it that way? You know, or is this, are we just, are we just adding, uh, crazy flashing and stuff? You, you know, so I want to stay within that world. Anyhow, that's one of the reasons why I don't care for sparkle, but you can, you can <laughs> screw up a tool any particular way, but.
1: Yes. And um, so before yeah. you move on from Sparkle though, I do want to say one thing because it didn't work for us. And Sparkle as a tool though is actually a very good tool, right? It's it, it's pretty easy to use. There's some editing things they were working on, some different editing things. It's been a while since we used it, but I will say it, it is a good tool for what it is. It's just, as Dan was saying, and I think there's a lot of people that agree with them, the whiteboard videos are kind of overdone and they're just too much. And they don't really go to the purpose of necessarily
0: doing yeah micro learning well they're overdone and they're done poorly like and that's you know me you and me were we had a conversation about this a while ago about the fact that you can shop out basically you know a Mm -hmm. three minute whiteboard video to somebody overseas and they put it together for i don't know like 40 bucks or some business right so the problem is when you start doing stuff on a mass scale and you put it on a platform that it's like here give me give me 13 dollars and i'll make you a video it's going to be a shitty video and that's when you get all these shitty products keep flooding the market. Now you said it's a simple tool and it solves some problems well. Give me an example of um of a problem it solved well or you would use it for.
1: I would use it potentially if it's something very, very short. And I, I don't ever want to put time frames on anything, but if it's just a short concept where you needed to scribble up some different numbers. Like for example, here's how to in our world uh, that was talking about loan to value. If you were doing something basic on how to figure out the formula for loan to value, mm. scribble up the you know hundred thousand dollars, scribble up seventy thousand dollars, seventy thousand. That's seventy percent loan to value that has it. Something very short, easy to to do. A couple numbers that the hand writes on there and that's
0: about it. But all I mean- right, so I'm going to I'm going to say everybody uh all six of you that are listening save yourself the <laughs> money and get Camtasia. Because uh, you know there's no reason you can't do that with Cam. Uh, yeah, you can't do that with Camtasia. Camtasia is is it it's bananas the amount of things that you can do with it. Uh, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, but uh, I I the well the long and short of it is we got a bunch of Sparkle licenses and they didn't really we didn't see the ROI on that. We did uh, it.
1: Mean- and, and I will
0: say too, you know,
1: one of the things that, is great about Camtasia in comparison to some of the other software, and we're not working for TechSmith just to kind of put that out there. But not what's yet. nice about it? <laughs> Come on, somebody give us a, a sponsorship. But <laughs> where's Matt uh, Pierce when you where, need him? Come on, Matt? Matt. We got to have Matt on here. But <laughs> at the end of the day, what's nice about something like Camtasia? It's multifaceted. Um, we've actually used several different softwares of GoAnimate, which I think is beyond at this point. Sparkle. Yeah. And they're very narrow in the scope. And sure, you know, the guys who are selling it, the website, talk about all these different features. But at the end of the day, it's some animated dudes talking. That's what Vyond is, right? At the end of the day, Sparkle is a whiteboard video. You can add all these different animations, but it's still fundamentally there. Whereas something yeah. like Camtasia, Articulate, you know, it allows you to build whatever you want. And yeah. it allows you to really broaden the scope of what you want to do.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Camtasia and Articulate, which is really the combination that we use at, uh, at work. They can be a deadly combination. Like we. We make some killer stuff with it, uh, but they 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 do different things absolutely. Uh, anyhow, okay, so we're gonna talk more about Camtasia in a minute and all its glorious functions. But um, so so just a, the real short version of the story here, folks, is that uh, we we tried one thing and it did not work. And then what I ended up doing was creating some short videos using tools that weren't really made for making the short videos that I was making, but we did it anyways. And it kind of worked. And that's where our proof of concept came from. And we got to grow things from there. Now, the um, the reason I say that uh, they weren't the right tools for the job, but we did it anyways, I think that's really important. I think that th- this this is something that I have, I have done for so much of my life where I've had an idea. I've wanted to realize the idea, but I have not had the means, the knowledge, or the tools to do so. And yet I do the thing and it might not be the prettiest version of it. You know, I'm not making a car in my garage, but I could slap something together and it really works. And it kind of scratches that itch that I have that I want to create it. Uh, You know, and the story that I, that I kind of weave in for that example is when me and my wife were living in a a town just outside of uh, Toronto about, oh my gosh, uh, 11 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. A decade ago, uh, and, <laughs> and and we had the twenty dollars set of as seen on TV uh, knives. You know, they had like the four steak knives, the and they had. No, well, they were they were the Chef Tony really Ooh, garbage okay. ones that <laughs> that yeah. he's cutting through soup cans on the infomercial and <laughs> just like he's having the best time of his life. Yes. And a couple of them held their edge for a minute, anyhow, because they were getting beat to hell. I wanted to make a knife block for them. And all I had, actually, I had a hammer. I needed to buy a chisel to do this. Uh, so those, that's a tool set that I had, a hammer and a chisel. And then I did it. I made a knife block and it wasn't pretty, but it did the job. I learned how to do it. I did some research and it was really valuable. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because I, I needed to create these short videos. I looked at what I had and then I did it. So I, I would always encourage folks to, to never allow the tools that you currently have to restrict you from doing a thing. If you want to do the thing, just find a way to do it. Um, now, luckily, we did that. We made some short videos using PowerPoint and uh, Snagit, which Snagit, it did screen captures and it's better now than it was, you know, four years ago. But editing was friggin' rough because you couldn't even, you couldn't zoom in. And so if you took an eight-minute video, I mean, you have a bar that's going across maybe the, the play bar would be about a 30-year computer mm-hmm. screen, and that's it. Like, you, you don't get to zoom in on that. You don't get to be granular. If you edit from kind of one notch to the next notch, that could be a second-and-a-half edit. So – there's a lot of things that can happen in a second and a half when you're trying to do a screen capture. So there was some finessing, there was some finagling, and it, some some jump cuts, you know, that that weren't intended to be. It was like French cinema from from the '60s, you know, people were just jumping all over the place. But um, the uh, once we did that, we showed the powers that be. Hey, Here's what we're thinking. They got some traction, and that's where we got a couple Camtasia licenses, and me, and I think maybe two other people on the team got those. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, um, and currently, right now, what's interesting, you, you look at that's where it started four years ago, and we have between, well, um, on my team, we have 12, I think the total learning department is 26, right? So 26 people, I think, I think we have 20 Camtasia licenses across the organization now. Um, again, tell you how good the tool is that we enjoy using it. Um, but Dan, you know, to go back just one second there too about tools mm-hmm. to use that you don't always need the fancy software. I think that's mm-hmm. something that when you talk about those sparkle licenses or you talk about beyond, right? That's an expensive license that we bought and made one video with. There's an amazing amount that you can do with something like PowerPoint. If you just think of how to yeah. do it. And yeah. a lot of people don't know that. And I was actually coaching and talking with one of, Um, the team members today, and she was like, we need this new software. And I'm like, well, have you tried to do this with PowerPoint? Because you can move things around to make it not look like it's a presentation. When you take off the boundaries and say, you know what? These aren't just slides. If I move them and use some of the animations, and I'm not talking about the bird or the crumpled up paper, but using some (laughs) And you know I love the crumpled up paper.
0: Yeah, uh, what a the, terrific transition! Oh, the bird is.
1: <laughs> if you use a bird, you are a great instructional designer. But yeah. but at the end of the day, there's some of the slide transitions, and there's some of those. Um, I forget what they call them, but they're, they slide morph. morph the morph morph transitions that are absolutely amazing. And people, if you do it right, will have no idea that you're actually recording in a PowerPoint.
0: Yeah, I uh, I used that feature. We did a. Uh, this spring at my current shop. We did a, uh, it was, it was a budget, budget, budget thing that we were doing. And we had to show like month to month events that happened Mm -hmm. and we were sliding. I had, I had a, like kind of a stretched out calendar across the bottom. And, you know, I see one month and then I'd see just on the one side of my screen, the corner of another month peeking out. And then the, the other side of my screen, the corner of the next month peeking out. And we were just sliding all over the place and it looked gorgeous. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't know. And it, so it's funny, we had a second, once we kind of got our sea legs with the uh, the micro learning side of it for screen captures, You you gave me the challenge of creating a different series of videos that focused more on uh, value proposition Mm -hmm. Uh, for the use of current tools that we had for our sales side and uh, the retail sales side uh, of, uh, of mortgage there. And I did a lot of stuff in PowerPoint that just like, okay, what do I want this to do? I want it to do this sort of thing. And how do I do this now? And then I would just figure out how I could do it. And a lot of it, you know what, there's about three things that once you figure them out in PowerPoint, it just, it, does things for you you know i think one of them is the ability to create objects that you want to look like like if you want to have a hole in an object so there's a level of transparency the um the the merge and uh, i think that's the merge tool and then the layering tool that's the other one that really just kind of like once you find that layering menu holy shit that thing just opens right up for you so uh, that's actually a fun little game that I play. And there's a, there's a, there's a relevant quote that I want to read to you in a second, or I'm going to play for you. Or one or the other or both. I don't know what, but, uh, and, and it's really about trying to emulate things that I see. And that's kind of what I've done with a lot of the software that I've used. I do that with Camtasia all the time. I'll see something cool. I was in the, uh, where the hell I was? I was in the bank the other day and they had, I think it was a bank and they had like a scrolling video, you know, they have just, just giant TVs everywhere in the world now that have Mm -hmm. ads scrolling. And uh, maybe it was a Tim Hortons. I don't know. But, and I thought, well, how do I, okay, how would I, I'm looking at this graphic and it looks really cool and I really like it. How can I do this in Camtasia? And all right. So there's uh, a, my favorite band in the world is a band called Clutch. They are absolutely terrific it's kind of one of those cult following sort of uh hard rock bands Mm -hmm. and uh, the singer neil fallon he's a singer he's a guitarist he's a lyricist and he writes some incredible stuff but they get a lot of influences from other things that i want to read here we go i'm going to read this and or play i think learning a cover song uh is a great exercise. It's a way of expanding your musical vocabulary. Okay, fair enough. Um, Because there are things another musician would do or another band would do that would never occur to you. And it could be very awkward, but when you finally get it down, you've suddenly expanded your vocabulary. Okay. I mean, for example, our song, The Regulator, which is one of our most popular songs, got its genesis with me trying to learn how to play a Skips James song to become a woman. So there is some I uh, got as got educational benefit to this as well. This it's, there's that book that I um, try to push on a million people, the uh, steel, like an artist by Austin Cleon. It, <laughs> well, it's also not great sponsoring
1: book. our podcast.
0: Oh yeah. Also, <laughs> man, we are dropping the ball so hard on some of these things, yes. but but that's the idea. There's so many awesome things out there and you just look at it and say, how can I create this in the platform that I have right now? And that's, that, that's a lot of what I've done and how I've upped my skill on, on these various platforms.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. I was uh, watching the today show. Um, Adam Lambert. Do you remember who that is? Uh, he what is he the singer from Maroon Five or something? No, he was the original. Um, one of the one of the he wasn't the original one. He wasn't Kelly Clarkson. What is the the show Kelly Clarkson the singer show? Uh, he uh, won it. American American Idol? Idol. Yes. Oh, you're in Canada. Um, is thinking Idol. of Justin Guarini? You're thinking of no, Justin no, no, no. Guarini? <laughs> Justin did not win that. I do know. <laughs> no, it was Adam Lambert, and he has actually been since he's for the last several years the frontman of Queen. I thought that was oh, pretty really? interesting. Yes. And oh, he wow. was talking about, Hey, you know, I didn't think when I've stepped into that role that I would be able to have artistic freedom within the confines of basically playing every night queen songs. But mm. I've been able to kind of put my own spin on it and be able to do things within those confines of a song that was made years and years ago. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. It kind of ties right into that quote that you're talking from clutch. And so learning, through something else to be able to do it. Those yeah. Parameters. Well,
0: tr- trying to replicate something that a, a professional has already done, you know, we don't have to come up with every single idea. That, that's another thing that I just love stealing stuff all over the place, whether it's an ad that I saw for at the bank or whatever, there's so many great ideas and all you got to do is replicate it and put it in your, you know, on in your e-learning or in your, in your PowerPoint deck or whatever. Yes. Um, and do check copyright laws because you can't just take everything. No, no, we straight up take stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're constantly stealing.
1: This. I heard it on the Mosby Learning Podcast that I'm able to take whatever I want. All co-
0: yeah. copyrights don't matter. That's great. Yeah. We're starting off. The Mosbys said this, so it was okay, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so okay, just to kind of close out our, our, our story and, and the the brief arc to it. The the idea was, you know, we we didn't understand the problems well enough initially not only did we not understand the problems well enough we didn't understand the various pieces of technology that were out there well enough so that we could get the right ones and apply them in the right places you know i think we might have talked uh, well you haven't convinced me in a single way that sparkle is a useful license to invest in so uh, you know i mean that's something if you guys d- dig into it and say oh this is perfect for our center well that's great Get it for your scenario, but just do the the extra little bit of effort, the due diligence, and look into it, so you get the things that are useful. Now, for a second, I, I just I do want to talk about a couple of the different things that I've done with Camtasia, so you can see the variety of things that it can do. Sure. It does uh, it does chroma key like green screen, does that pretty darn well.
1: It does.
0: When we did that, we actually had issues because the file format. There was a coat, there was some screwy codex thing where it made, like it took certain portions of the video and just flattened all the color. Like it took a lot of the, the, the gradation, uh, gradient. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but all the detail from color, like from one side of the, uh, the, the, well, the other trainer that we had in the video, it took a lot of weird color out of the, out of the image and, and really made things look weird. But it was, I learned afterwards it was a codex issue. So, but it can do green screen, uh, great. It's as good as the, the image that you provided, basically, the video that you provided. So it does that. Um, I've done, some pretty badass screen capture uh system based tutorials I've mm-hmm. done just other kind of conceptual things uh, and they've got a lot of really really cool functions in there so it's 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 a powerhouse for the cost of it and everything else and so another thing too is getting the skill set uh, up to speed quick enough and With uh, with camtasia you can get A uh, what do they call it a maintenance I think it's like a maintenance license or a maintenance Package or some business like that but The idea is that not only do you Get the next version of camtasia Because you you buy the license For life basically and Then uh, if you want to pay for updates Well then you have to pay for updates but You get the license for life but with the maintenance package You do get the next version plus you get I think What they call techsmith academy mm-hmm. Which gets you access to a series of lessons so you can get up to speed a whole lot quicker so i mean for my money man there i haven't used a lot of tools but this one i'm i'm absolutely in love with um but it does a lot of different things i guess is what i want to tell you folks out there
1: and and dan i, I totally agree i think that the only thing which i did talk to matt uh when we were at atd and we saw the only thing that i've ever yeah. seen as a criticism because we've been high on Camtasia. i do want to give one criticism there is they need and so Matt, if you're listening to this get this fixed they need some uh tools to be able to edit the color of video to be able to really mess with the colors of video to change that a little bit brighten it how dare you sir I'm just saying, How dare I I. have to throw it out there. It's still not fixed. So that's the one thing that occasionally, occasionally, if you're using Camtasia and you're doing heavy video, you may have to go into something like Premiere Pro to be able to edit it, to really be able to change some of the colors. But for a lot of teams and a lot of people, that's going to be way overkill for 99% of majority of what
0: most training departments are actually doing. You know, and it's funny because they're—they have uh, aside from their TechSmith Academy, they have a series of videos for basically video creators. And what they've done is they've interviewed Matt has um, has interviewed a bunch of different YouTube creators and content mm-hmm. creators. So they are leaning heavily on that video side Uh, and it's surprising because that that's an absolutely fair criticism that just the the ability to manipulate video is shit and uh (laughs) like you, you can chroma key hundred yes. percent you can chroma key and you can tell it how sensitive you want to be to the color and how, you know, how tight you want to throw that, uh, that, that ball. But, um, yeah, when you actually just want to adjust, like lighten up a video or just mm-hmm. like change the temperature of it, it's the, there's, there's nothing doing, you know? Um, but man, I'll tell you, there's, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff, but that is the, uh, that's their Achilles heel. But, uh, for screen captures, it's super, super strong. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that, I mean, that's, that's the story as far as I can tell that that's what we did. We started off, we didn't know what we were doing. Then we kind of stumbled around, figured it out and invested in the right tools. And, and for me, it's, well, you know, try to do the right tool for the job. But if, if you've got a job to do, use the tools you got until you get better tools, you know?
1: And totally agree. You know, we started this conversation with the top 100 tools for learning. And I think if you've heard us talk about it, There's pretty much two, three, four tools that you're really going to use on a regular basis. And yes, there's those ancillary tools, but there's only a couple that you really go to your tool belt for. And so I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. So even PowerPoint, I saw saw an ad for a webinar today that I think it was uh, Photoshop for instructional designers or for e-learning developers or something like that. And I thought... uh, (laughs) <laughs> you you need to do a hell of a lot of convincing to try and you know for the things that photoshop does y- that's not an e-learning thing i mean marketing you know pitch it mm-hmm. to marketing go sp- go spend their money but leave leave the learning team alone because i, I can do some pretty incredible stuff in powerpoint for editing photos mm-hmm. you know so take a background you, out
1: and what a lot of people don't know you can take a background out and make it transparent yeah in powerpoint you can do that in, and and yeah. i will say that's an often overlooked feature in powerpoint to be able to take a picture of dan and then basically make his entire transparent background right in powerpoint you don't need to go to software like photoshop
0: it works well when there's a strong distinction between the you know the 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 person and the background i've tried to use that a couple times I have very little hair on my head. So uh, there, there was, there's like, speaking of gradients, it goes to like, because of the way the light is, it just blows out the top of my head and it blended with the white sky in the background. So it gets a little dicey. Uh, but another thing, as far as PowerPoint goes, I use it to create graphics all the time. Actually, so that green screen thing that I was talking about, I, uh, we did that. Uh, it was basically the style of a pop-up video. So, I I got some screen grabs from old pop-up videos and I created in PowerPoint the pop-up and I would export that as a PNG and then I would bring it into Camtasia and give it like a pop-up f- uh, feature, like a behavior, uh, an animation in, and then I got a sound effect for it. And uh, so, I, I mean, there was, there was a lot of different stuff, but, uh, but yeah, PowerPoint, because that's I can't think of somebody in L&D that doesn't have PowerPoint on their machine. I mean, most people in just corporate world uh, have PowerPoint on their machine. So Mm -hmm. it does incredible stuff, yeah. All right, man. Uh, Last word over to you, Mr. Costics. What do you want to say about software and your experience?
1: Last word is research what you need and think about the right tool for the job. I, I think that that's the... That's the crutch of it. Research what you need. Don't get all, oh, this is cool. This is, You're going to end up spending a lot of money on things that are used for one time. Um, and I know we've spent a lot of money. I'm sorry for anybody in upper management at my organization. is like, what? He's admitting he's spending a bunch of money. I wasted a ton of money
0: on software <laughs> that we didn't use. So I can't wait for this of, to be read back in court proceedings. Oh, exactly. I'm going <laughs> to be in trouble.
1: But I mean, we use a lot of money, and we did not use a lot of software that we bought. Just because we didn't research and we got into that shiny object type of mode where it says, oh, this is great. Beyond, they're going to have talking people everywhere. That's great for one time. You start doing a ton of talking head videos, people and learners get over it very quickly. So yeah. research what you actually want to do and then what the tool is capable of. And it is, if it is a tool that's very pinpointed, know going in that it's very pinpointed, that if it's only one thing be very aware on how much you're spending.
0: Yeah. That's the Alton Brown rule for kitchens, no unitaskers. Everything's mm, got to be a multitasker. multitasker. that's a good rule. It's yeah. a good rule. That's right. Absolutely. All right. So, uh music for this came from uh, incompetech.com Check that out. It's a great song. It's uh it's good stuff. Uh and you know, I still haven't figured out how show notes. I'm not going to tell you to go to blah 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 website for show notes, but we have all these at uh at mosby.ca and it's mosby with an s. Uh, m o s b y.ca and uh, you can check out our stuff. I don't know, on the internet, look us up. We're on LinkedIn, uh, Dan Hurt, H-I-R-T, and he is Adam Costix, C-O-S-T-A-K-E-S. And, uh, and that's it for us. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. You take care. <laughs>
1: heard it in the mosby learning podcast that i'm able to take whatever i want all copyrights don't matter that's great yeah the
0: mosby's said this so it was okay i thought